This is Molly, um, your host for This Week in Moab this evening. It is into the five o'clock hour, and we have two guests live in the studio. We're going to do a live mic check <laughs> to make sure everybody sounds all right. Carly or Mila, do you mind introducing yourselves to our listeners? I'll go first. Uh, my name's Carly Castle. I'm the deputy city manager for the city of Moab. Mila, this happened to you last time. We got you on the wrong mic. How's this one? Oh, so much better. Thank you for making that small adjustment for us. So, listeners, again, you're tuned into This Week in Moab. We're talking to Mila and Carly about water. You know, Mila, you were up here not too long ago um, chatting with Christy Williams-Dunton on this program um, as sustainability director, kind of giving her an overview of what you're going to be looking at. Can you state the obvious for us? Like, why does water kind of fall under your purview? Sure. Um, Water at the city is actually more of a collaborative effort because we've got uh, conservation we need to deal with. And then we've also got a lot of uh, information coming to us from our engineering team. Um, And then our long range planning and governance efforts are led by our city manager and assistant city manager and more of our um, administrative team. So uh, I do the water conservation part for the most part in the and the outreach and education. Right. And Carly, anything to add to that? You know, as assistant city manager, where do you plug in to this conversation? Um, So as Mila said, there are different components when it comes to, I guess, colloquially, just how we manage our water. And Mm -hmm. one umbrella term that can be used is water resource management. Mm Conservation is one leg, and then there are many different legs. And I'd say in coordination with the city engineer, I'm Um, leading that effort. Okay. Well, good for you, because this is a hard topic. Um, Speaking of water, did you happen to watch Pack Creek yesterday? I saw some very interesting footage. Yeah, Yeah, I also just saw videos. Oh, my goodness. The color was astonishing. I know. I know that Pack Creek is not where Moab City gets its water. Um, Mm -hmm. That's about as far as I can feel confident talking about this subject. Mm-hmm. So for listeners, some listeners might, this might be old hat, but do any one of you want to tackle, you know, where Moab City is actually getting its water before we get into the challenges? Yeah, so uh, the city gets its water right now from the Glen Canyon Aquifer, and we get that from springs and from wells, and that aquifer is on the east side of the Moab Valley. Okay. And it interplays with the Mill Creek and the Pack Creek watersheds Mm -hmm. that eventually do come to a confluence in town that surface water. It's not used for culinary purposes. Okay. Um, But most of our water that's replenishing the aquifer is the Mill Creek watershed rather than what we saw in Pack Creek. Why why is water so complicated here in the valley currently? It's it's complicated, I think, everywhere, at Mm -hmm. least in the West. Um, One, because there's not much of it. Um, A lot of people Mm -hmm. want it. And it has a really complicated regulatory and legal regime behind Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyone making water policy has to navigate Mm -hmm. all of those uh, tricky avenues when they want to regulate it or determine how to use it. Right. Um, you know, it's also complicated uh, geologically. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of debate. And I, I want to use this phrase, um, and I know it's a controversial phrase, called safe yield. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's where our community has been for many, many years. Um, we've been concentrated on what is the safe number, safe amount of water we can actually use in this valley. And there's an ongoing debate on what that is and why it's important. And what I found notable about um, a presentation that you two did two weeks ago is that you really said that we need to 
yes, this conversation is important, but we need to move beyond and take action steps now. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why did you feel that way? Um, it's interesting. I think my perception is that a new study was conducted by the USGS, which threw into doubt what folks had understood about the aquifer for many years. Okay. Um, in other words, they found there was a lot less water in the aquifer. So it forced the entire community to rethink what they thought their water supply was going to look like. And I think that's why it's become such a flashpoint, mm-hmm. because it was once this reliable source that maybe didn't look like how everyone understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a really great and reliable source of water, which is why it's so important and why it matters so much. But um, you're right that it's just one part of the of the water picture here mm-hmm. in the valley. So I think what the city is trying to do is um, take a, just a, a step back and to understand the entire landscape okay. of, of the water regime. My impression was that the city, you know, staff members were saying, you know, safe field is important, um, but we have to take action before we actually know what that concrete number is. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, okay. that's, that's true. So this, what has happened from the studies that were done, the state engineer mm-hmm. has determined what they think the extra capacity is in the groundwater okay. in that aquifer specifically, and they think it's about 1,300 acre feet to about 3,500 acre feet of undeveloped water. Mm. Um, for reference, so people know what that those numbers mean, yeah. Moab uses about 3,300 acre feet of water per year. So there might be double the amount of what we're currently using that's still available for development. So there's still... Mm-hmm. There's a buffer there. Okay. Um, as a result of those numbers, the state engineer determined that there's no need for uh, something called a groundwater management plan. Mm-hmm. In other words, they don't need to come in and make cuts. Okay. Um, but we as a community can decide to establish our own community yield mm-hmm. or consensus yield um, in an effort to maintain that buffer or to understand Um, uncertainty when it comes to those numbers. So it's something that we can all agree to without the state engineer coming in, but, um, and that's sort of part of the effort that we talked about. And I think it's also um, useful to talk about, you know, what safe yield doesn't include. Okay. Um, And that is, you know, things like ecological benefits or things like that kind of, um, you know, a buffer that would make everybody feel safe about not withdrawing things like anticipating mm-hmm. uh, changes to the precipitation regime that feed the groundwater aquifer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so as a community, if we move beyond the concept of safe yield, which is kind of that, you know, like do or die number um, and move more towards a different concept, which would be something like consensus yield, mm-hmm. then we can incorporate some more of those elements into our plan mm-hmm. and basically make our own own, you know, design our own uh, situation of yield that makes everybody comfortable. Mm-hmm. This is like bringing to mind uh, something else that has been on my mind with another story that I'm working on. You know, the concept of health. We talk about health often in terms of like calories in, calories out, exercise, but we don't talk about like the social determinants of health, like where you live, you know, um, you know how, you, how you've grown up, you know, your access to resources, kind of with safe yield. It's mm-hmm. not like there's this 
magic number and that's like what we you know can get to if we want to be safe in this with our water resources so that's an interesting interesting anecdote Mila thank you for bringing that up (laughs) kind of the difference between survival and thriving Mm -hmm. survival and thriving right okay so you know there's been a lot of talk about you know what the city is doing um there's been sort of a shift and it sounds like Moab City is sort of taking the lead when it comes to gathering all the water providers together um, to look at water resources and water management in the valley. Can you guys speak to that? Yeah, so one of the elements um, of this draft work plan for water resources Mm -hmm. is um, establishing more uh, tight-knit relationships with the other water providers in the valley. Um, And that is because we are sharing the same system Mm -hmm. and what one does might impact others and so you know grand county could do everything right and be Mm -hmm. just the best um, resource managers but if moab or san juan county are exploitive or abusive to those systems then it it won't matter much um so we recognize that our our systems are interdependent and we needed to treat it that way Mm -hmm. um so uh it's what we're we're uh, convening San Juan County and Grand Water in the city of Moab, which are the largest water providers, and then Moab Irrigation Company will be engaged at, at some mm-hmm. point. Okay. And Mo- Moab Irrigation Company, am I right with saying they have the oldest water rights? They have some of the most senior rights, yeah. Yes. And it's okay. to, um, to surface water, I is see. my understanding, so not necessarily the aquifer. Okay. But it's all part of the same water watershed and water regime. Okay. And why, you know, has is this the first time um, these water providers have, like, sat down at the table to discuss this, you know, long-range visioning? Uh, you know, it might be. I'm not sure of any other efforts. Right. Um, especially, I think... In the past, their knowledge base was different. They thought mm-hmm. there was plenty of water in the aquifer. And with this new realization of scarcity, it's, it's caused everyone to reevaluate the strategy. Okay. So what is that strategy at this point? I know that there's, you know, going to be, you know, eventually, hopefully going to hire a consultant to mm-hmm. lo- look at, you know, s- to ask certain questions. What are those questions? What the, What is this consulting person doing? Um, I'm glad you asked. So what we're having this consultant develop is a wa- what's something called a water resource management plan. Okay. And basically they look at, like, a s- look at, it as a whole system, and they identify vulnerabilities, opportunities. Um, they're looking at our water rights. They're looking at the wet water available. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking at our infrastructure, and they're trying to identify where there might be co-projects mm-hmm. um, or projects where um, we kind of each one of us kind of go it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, And the hope is to identify some synergies where we can cooperate on either new source development, source protection, um, different ordinances that we might be interested in implementing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's sort of this whole suite of of water management principles that will be evaluated. Now, will this dovetail into the conservation conversation at some point? I think the water resource management plan is going to have to consider our our conservation plan to understand how much water, if any, needs to be developed or Mm -hmm. um, very much there's the good thing about conservation is it's sort of low hanging fruit when it comes to developing resiliency in a system. Um, So I think they will evaluate to see if it's achieving those kinds of goals. Okay. 
Um, yeah, you, you know, again, what struck me from uh, your presentations two weeks ago is that, you know, Moab City can implement these policies, you know, talk about new water ordinances, but, you know, we're, Moab City is not alone mm-hmm. <laughs> as a water provider. So it seems like um, collaboration with the other water providers is really imperative as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of um, that, Mila, you're working on a water conservation plan update. Um, maybe now is a good time to um, sort of talk about that process um, because this is a, a state mandated um, plan, yes? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so the state has established a requirement for all water providers um, and conservation districts to produce a water conservation plan every five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so Moab wrote their last one and adopted it in 2016. Um, so it's 2021 and we are due for our update. Okay. Um, so it's got a number of uh, components that are required by the state and okay. essentially they, um, they need to see a lot of information uh, that all comes from our engineering and public works departments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they want to see our projections. Uh, and, you know, those are a little bit squishy based on, uh, unfortunately, the 2020 census data right. won't actually be available until 2022. So mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to update some of those population projection numbers um, in about a year if, okay. if they're different. Um, you know, we've actually seen pretty steady average growth since the 2010 census, mm-hmm. um, according to the estimates. But um, and then the piece that uh, that we, you know, have a little bit more discretion in is our water conservation section. Um, okay. And that outlines the goals and the policies that we're uh, hoping to implement going forward. To jump back to the population projections, why why is that important to this this plan? Because this is a this is a cutting by 2030 sort of um, operation here. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's interesting. The state actually requires that we uh, show projections up to 2060. Um, And I think they they just want everybody to be thinking far enough in the future that you're not going to end up in an emergency shortage situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's really trying to get ahead of the ball as much as possible. And uh, the city has done those projections already. um, Mm -hmm. And they are uh, we're currently developing one new well and then um, have some, I think, some idea about what we may see as shortfall by 2060, but it's also very possible that we, um, that we won't see a okay. shortfall by then. Okay. So it all depends. And you said, you know, Moab City has a little bit more control over um, certain conservation policies um, that they want to implement. And there is, you know, it, it sounds like Moab City wants to implement a more aggressive goal than what they can. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, I think one of the things that may be surprising to some people living in this desert town of ours is that we essentially have zero conservation policies on the book so far. Hmm, um, that is surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, no water conservation policies. There's no requirements or guidelines huh. wow. that say that you have to conserve water in any way. Okay. Um, so, you know, which is just a reflection of the situation that we've been in for mm-hmm. the past many decades, which is that there's been plenty of water. Um, and, you know, I want everybody to still realize that there is still mm-hmm. plenty of water. <laughs> you know, we are not turning off the taps. We're not running mm-hmm. out. Um, we're just really trying to be responsible moving forward um, and make sure that that never has to happen. Sure. And so the fact that we don't have any of those policies on the books mean that means that there's a really great opportunity to 
implement some um, that also hopefully won't be too hard to um, to you know kind of do as a resident in the city. You know, we don't want to mm-hmm. make anybody think that there's you know huge cuts that have to happen or you know mm-hmm. any any drastic changes. You know, really just some basic things that uh, that I think are just opportunities. If I can remember off the top of my head, I I know there's, you know, landscape ordinance perhaps that might be coming, mm-hmm. a gray water ordinance, new mm-hmm. development standards. Am I am I in the yeah, right Yeah, that's realm? right. Okay. <laughs> Good okay. memory. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know, it's amazing the amount of water. So, first of all, the residential use of our water is actually much higher than our commercial use on the whole, mm-hmm. and a large portion of that residential use is irrigation. Mm-hmm. So, we have a really great opportunity to be able to cut some of that extra water use just by being a little bit more responsible desert dwellers Mm -hmm. and making our landscapes look a little bit more uh, like the environment that we see around us in the hills. Sure. Now with that, this might be the opportunity to bring up um, something that I know you two have heard many times before um, and that I hear here at the station and just out in the community, which is that, okay, well, the city is going to make me, um, you know, cut back on my water use in order to, whether or not it's the city or Green County or Spanish Valley, um, to develop more. Can you address that sentiment? Sure, I have, you're right, I have heard that in the community. I think um, that there might be a different way to think about it, which is conservation isn't necessarily about freeing up more water. It's about not wasting and making sure your system is resilient and redundant. So in the same way, you know, I like draw it to people's personal finances. It's not a good financial policy to spend all of your paycheck every two weeks as much as you can. Right, you want to spend what you need to sort of live and have a good time, but there should be a buffer, ideally, at the end of every week. So for our system, we don't want to be maxing out absolutely every day Mm -hmm. the water we can supply. So I view it more as a resiliency tool Mm -hmm. um, and prudent management Mm -hmm. rather than an opportunity to free up more water to then give to someone which also would maximize or, or max out Right. Our, our water supply. Um, and there is this, you know, realization that in the next 10 years, um, we're going to be seeing significant drought. We're seeing it this year. Um, and uh, a lot of impacts from climate change. So as a community, right. just for our current water supply, we're looking at the need to cut 10 to 20 percent because those are the kinds of um, impairments that we're expecting to see as a result of climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has nothing to do with the future development. It's about maintaining a resilient system for our current water needs. Okay. You know, that's a really strong point about thinking about resiliency. I think what might um, help with that conversation too is like new development standards, which, you know, the city is considering in lockstep with other other things like landscape ordinances. Mila, could you, could you touch on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the idea there is that uh, we would be able to write a, or have a landscape ordinance to essentially guide um, new development. Mm-hmm. So uh, currently we're not considering, you know, any kind of restrictions on current residents. Okay. You know, that would all be encouraged and voluntary, um, you know, and we're thinking about some other kind of incentive programs that are, are possibilities mm-hmm. in the future. But Um, the landscape ordinance would really be focused on guidelines and um, requirements for new developments. So, um, you know, things like uh, turf grass limitations, um, Mm -hmm. you know, 
uh, desert landscapes, um, water-wise fixtures in houses, uh, you know, gray water stubbing, potentially use of gray water. Uh, you know, mm. there's a lot of different ideas there. Um, we were fortunate to uh, get some funding from an organization called the Water Now Alliance, um, and they'll be uh, working with um, some consultants with Western Resource Advocates, and mm. they are going to help us uh, with the technical parts of writing this ordinance. They've got some experience with um, other desert communities around here. Okay. Um, so, yeah, ideally moving forward, you know, we're looking at a lot of infill development in the city. Um, you know, people have probably seen some of the condo developments going up. Um, you know, there's a lot more, you know, somewhat denser developments. You know, it's a little bit less single-family houses with big lawns. Um, so, you know, you expect a lot of those types of dwellings to use less water anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, per capita. So right. um, hopefully, you know, with this landscape ordinance as well, we'll end up with um, some really efficient new development. Now, one thing that I, I forgot to ask you just earlier, you know, that you made me think of, you know, commercial development, you had said that it's only makes up 16% of um, water use. Here, help me with this. Not help quite. Me, help, me, help me with <laughs> that statistic. I'm not remembering this yeah. one quite as well. Um, so overnight accommodations, overnight accommodations are 16% okay. of gotcha. our water use, specifically. Okay. Yeah. Overnight accommodations are 16% of commercial water use or all water use? I believe commercial water use. Yeah, I double <laughs> check because that's that's a number that I think, um, I don't know, it, it, it's surprising because um, I think, that, again, another perception in the community is that um, overnight accommodations are, are taking all of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, any chance you want to expand upon that? Um, it is 16% of just commercial water use. Okay. Um, and so, uh, yes, I think this is something that we do hear a lot. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's absolutely no reason to ignore the impact of visitors in Moab, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you uh, the commercial water use as a whole is less than residential water use. So mm-hmm. really the largest users of water are still the residential users. And that um, does not include Airbnbs or other, you know, just sure. house-based overnight right. accommodations. You know, that 16% of commercial is actually all of the mm-hmm. overnight rentals, at least the ones that are permitted. Okay. Um, and, you know, it doesn't include um, things like uh, tourist services, um, restaurants, car wash, you know, mm-hmm. other car rental agencies like things like that that do use some more water mm-hmm. um, but you know it would be a mistake to say that the visitors are using all of our water or that they're even using the largest portion of it okay Carly now I'm gonna hope that you can uh, expand upon this kind of complicated topic which is a water dedication regime mm-hmm. um, that it sounds like um, Moab City is is thinking about exploring um, a means to do and this water dedication regime could look like you know it could look different I mean it doesn't there's not one pathway to to do this but it has to do with um, development and uh, making sure we have enough water for Mm -hmm. that development Um, can you can you try to explain to me what this is I will do my best Um, so I'm calling it a water dedication regime there there are other things that can happen like an exaction Mm -hmm. regime or a water banking regime. Okay. Um, they're not necessarily interchangeable, but they're all things that should be explored. Okay. Basically what it means is that certain types of development um, of a certain scope or a certain use, or maybe all of them, depending on what a needs assessment determines, um, but development would start 
bringing their own water or paying for the water that needs to be developed mm-hmm. to serve uh, that use. In a dedication regime, um, what that could look like is we have an ordinance that says if you are, for this is totally mm-hmm. brainstorming, sure. but f- to illustrate, um, you know, if you have a subdivision of more than 10 houses, um, you need to bring wet water to us that's proved over 60 years, and uh, you need to turn the water over to the city, and then mm-hmm. we will issue a building permit. Um, but if not, there's no water available from, from the city resources, and you won't get a certificate of occupancy because you don't have water. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would want to tailor that ordinance um, to ensure that they're not like taking from the aquifer because that harms the city's interests ultimately. Like we can draw from the aquifer. We don't want a developer doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pr- probably would want to prioritize other developments that the community very much wants mm-hmm. to use the remaining existing sure. water resources. So like affordable housing mm-hmm. or maybe rather than economic development, economic diversification, mm-hmm. making us a more um, economically resilient community as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what a dedication regime would look like. Um, we're not the, we would not be the only ones that have such a regime. Okay. Um, other communities certainly do. You know, you go to the irrigation company, you buy a share, and you come to the city, and you, you say, this share is yours now, and I can build my house. So that, that it does happen. It could be as, as simple as that. It, I, I think it'd be more complicated sure. in Moab <laughs> okay. um, because it, our system isn't uh, really designed around it, but okay. it's certainly simple, something that can be um, could mm-hmm. be implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, exaction regimes are ones where developers have to pay in. So you build a new well, mm-hmm. the city does, to to develop a water resource and you basically it's like an impact fee where Mm -hmm. our existing residents and ratepayers don't have to pay for that or pay for that burden the uh the developer does um and then water banking is also something that's being explored that kind of can combine those kinds of concepts Mm -hmm. now this concept of having a development bring wet water to the table Mm -hmm. um you know you mentioned okay well they could you know, potentially hypothetically buy a share mm-hmm. from um, an existing water provider. Um, are there other ways that could happen? You know, where do you find water? <laughs> well, I think that the beauty of it is it's sort of like it's not our problem. If you can't find it, you can't develop. And so you yeah. put the onus of that on the developers who are creating this impact to your system. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think some something that might surprise some folks here in town is there's a lot of wet water in the valley. It's there's 30,000 acre feet of wet approved water. Wow. We're only the city is just using itself about 10% of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, along with the question of like how much water can we use safely, I think it's actually five questions. It's like how much can we use safely? Who should use it? Where should they use it? When should they use it? What should they be using it on? Mm. And that's part of this water resource management plan framework where it's just like we have so much water, mm-hmm. it's just sort of in the wrong place. And how can we um, have these partnerships where we start like freeing up those arbitrary boundaries and barriers sure. and using and optimizing water use, maybe not using more 
-hmm. but optimizing how much we're already using for for our current and future needs. Okay. Um, If you're just joining us, uh, it's This Week in Moab. I'm Molly, your host this evening, and we're speaking with Carly Castle, the Assistant City Manager, and Mila Dunbar-Irwin, the Sustainability Director at Moab City, and we're talking about water. Um, These two are involved in different processes, but linked at the same time. Um, Now, Carly, forgive me if you already mentioned this, but this um, drafting this water management plan, where are the stakeholders in the process right now? It sounds like it's pretty early on. Is that correct? It is. We are meeting next week for Mm -hmm. the first time. So we're meeting imminently. um, And Grand Water and San Juan County are both really excited about it. I think that surprises some some Mm -hmm. folks. Um, My understanding is there's a complicated history between all those um, water providers and just municipalities and governmental agencies. Um, I should say that we're all really interested in something like this succeeding because a groundwater management plan means that there are cuts. So San Juan County, which is a very junior user, water rights holder, they get cut first Mm -hmm. if a plan comes in. So they're motivated to find alternate sources of water that are um, give them a maybe a better priority um, sure. and, and ensure a, a more lasting solution for them. So, yeah. Now, that does that mean that you know um, the Colorado River is on the table? I know that was a concern that was brought up by um, Mayor Emily Niehaus two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, in her opinion, that's something she she doesn't want anyone to explore, mm-hmm. but that definitely could be on the table if I'm understanding that conversation right. It is. Um, now, the city of Moab does not have any water rights to the Colorado, so it's okay. not necessarily that we would be um, exploring that, although I think it should be an option that should be studied and perhaps mm-hmm. you know abandoned. I don't know how seriously we've looked at it in the past, mm-hmm. um, but it's my understanding that three entities have Colorado River water rights that are here, including so the Department of Energy, mm-hmm. um, and then Grand Count Grand Water, and mm-hmm. then San Juan County does as well. And you know the Colorado River is a really complicated subject on its own. A lot of people are trying to figure out what the future of that looks like. Um, there's two questions. One is like how much water will be there and then who gets the water that's remaining. Right. And that's like the bigger X factor, the, the mm-hmm. who, what the allocation looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people on both sides who just say, you know, Moab is using such a tiny share that it's, you know, worth developing. We're, we're so small in the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, some folks who are saying it's not reliable or resilient enough of a supply. Mm-hmm. But right. it's likely as almost as reliable as our our own supplies too you know sure. you know where it's it's all very precarious all of the the supplies are pretty precarious yeah. yeah if you think about the amounts just to put that in perspective you mm-hmm. know i think um like california gets something along the lines of over five million acre feet of water out of the colorado river per year and mm-hmm. moab would be talking about you know at most three thousand or something along those lines, you know, if we're, and that would be even doubling what we currently use, mm-hmm. you know, and our projections, well, I should look, I had it here a second ago, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, our projections, what we need by uh, 2060 would still, you know, not even nearly be a drop in the bucket compared to uh, what those state allocations are. Wow, that's so interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. Really. No, it's just, and I think, I know Grand Water is talking about the potential development of it for 
irrigation, hmm. which is less concerning if it, if it were for like domestic culinary purposes and you're building a home and you're expecting mm-hmm. that water to mm-hmm. be there. I think I'd have a lot of reservations about the long-term wisdom of that. Right. Um, but if it's about watering lawns and we're intending to, you know, get turf out of the picture in the next 15 years, mm-hmm. then maybe, maybe it's a sufficient stopgap until we achieve that development future. Sure. Yeah. So interesting to be having this conversation. And I think um, it was brought up, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, when you compare it to, you know, California and how many acre feet they're taking out of the river, it's not even a drop in the bucket. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you know, Lake Powell over the weekend reached its lowest point Mm -hmm. (laughs) since it was, you know, started filling in the 1960s. So, you know, it's complicated Mm -hmm. to be talking about developing the hypothetical of developing the Colorado River. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it sounds like, though, that is an option, but is not going to be the focus of the conversations. Is that correct? Not for the city of Moab. I don't want to speak for the other water providers. And, you know, their calculation is different and they have might have different priorities. so, no, I think the city is, is more interested in some other surface water options and other aquifer options and the different aquifers in the valley. Thank you both again for coming on to the radio to talk about the, the complexities of water and where Moab City is. Um, anything to say about why Moab City is sort of taking the lead, I guess, um, when it comes to uh, managing water resources, when it comes to conservation? Um, I know Grand County is interested, but they are not a water provider. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the water providers, Moab City is, is sort of taking the helm. Um, anything, any comments to make on that? I think a lot of credit goes to Councilmember Duncan, who um, has become a quick expert on these issues and, and saw the new USG number, USGS numbers and, and raised the alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the city council has been just very, very concerned with it. We also have, um, we're lucky to have some expertise. You know, our city engineer used to be the public mm-hmm. works director for Tucson, managing a, a much bigger, more complicated system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came down used to be the water resource manager for Salt Lake City. So right. uh, we have some in-house expertise that that helped mm-hmm. us sort of create this vision. But right. I think yeah. we also had a confluence of, you know, emergency conditions declared by the state and our water conservation plan update that, mm-hmm. you know, ended up happening at the same time. And uh, it was a good time to start talking about these mm-hmm. things as well. You know, Mila, if I can speak to something that you raised earlier is that I... It, I have the sense that people here in Moab are interested in conservation. It's so surprising to me that we don't have a conservation, any conservation ordinance on the books, however. So maybe perception versus reality is a little off kilter there. Well, and I think that's such a great point about, you know, how we're really not discussing, you know, really drastic changes. There's so many opportunities for efficiency, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that don't change your lived experience too much. Um, So at least, you know, from, from starting from, you know, zero, there's nowhere to go but up. So <laughs> sure, exactly. <laughs> It'll be great. You know, one thing I found one thing I found in my notes that I didn't mention about um, this water conservation plan. Um, I know that um, Mo City is considering facilities improvements. Um, do you mind talking about that? Does that mean just on Moab City buildings and you know properties? And what might that look like? 
Yeah, um, it's somewhat uh, nebulous at the okay. moment, but essentially that <laughs> uh -huh. would be, uh, you know, replacing all of our fixtures uh, with water-wise fixtures and just mm -hmm. making sure that we are conserving water, like, within the buildings as much as we can. Okay. Um, the city is also uh, starting to work with USU to do a water audit of our um, irrigation of city parks mm. um, and other outdoor city facilities. Um, so hopefully we'll have a, a new new adv advice by the end of this year as right. far as how we can be more efficient with that watering. What about underground? Because I know capital improvements, um, that's part of this conversation too, um, addressing any current leaks which we know exist. Um, Carly, can you speak to that? Um, yeah, I mean, this. I'm so glad you brought this up because it's sort of another leg of the right. whole um, strategy, which is we might have an excellent water source. We might have a ton of water in the aquifers, say we did. Mm -hmm. um, but if we don't have a reliable distribution system or if we had one that was leaky and wasting all of the water on its way to people's taps, mm -hmm. then it's, it's not much use. So um, evaluating, like having a leak detection program mm -hmm. for the city is, is a good priority. And it's a way for the city to take a leadership role in, in the conservation. You know, it, we, we have to do our part as well when we're asking residents to, to make those efficiencies in their own systems. Right. Um, with these, you know, new considered ordinances too, you know, what's the timeline? Are we, you know, and how can people get involved? Um, where will they learn more about it? Great. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the first opportunity is going to be the um, public engagement surrounding the Water Conservation Plan update draft. Mm -hmm. um, that has been submitted to the state for review, and then they will get back to us within a few weeks um, with any of their recommended changes. And then mm -hmm. once we have a more final draft, we'll be doing um, some a public process around that. So okay. that's the first opportunity on kind of the higher level. Um, and then as far as timing goes, we are expecting to have at least the um, a good draft from the Water Now Alliance for the Landscape Ordinance by the end of the year. So okay. that's our first our first effort to really get things on the books. Okay, so coming up soon. Um, Carly, same with the water management plan. When is that timeline happening? So we hope to have a consultant on board in the next few months. It includes uh -huh. a public engagement component to right. it. We'll also be engaging you know, stakeholders who have been involved in water policy for a long mm -hmm. time, like MOP and our uh, Moab Drought and Conservation Board that, that mm -hmm. um, is an advisory board to the city. Um, so we want the plan just as a ballpark to be completed within like a year or okay. so. And okay. so as soon as we get that uh, consultant up and running, folks should have an opportunity to, to participate. Okay. Again, you know, if you're just tuning in, it's This Week in Moab. Um, we're here speaking with Mila Dunbar-Irwin um, and Carly Castle from Moab City, who have done, um, are doing a lot um, when it comes to um, water resources. Um, being responsible for them and how to be more resilient, as Carly said earlier. You know, we mentioned that throughout this conversation, like certain ongoing threats to the water supply, those include, you know, climate change, drought, um, I know um, aging infrastructure, um, growth, mm -hmm. anything else to add to that list? You know, is that why we have to, you know, think more critically and actually take action um, when it comes to managing water resources? I mean, I think you hit on the major ones. Okay, okay. Okay, that's why we're doing this. Right? Yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, I think there are just some change circumstances than there were from 10 years ago. It's sure. about the aquifer not having as much water as they thought. Uh -huh. um, I think it's development pressures on our, our water resources, which uh -huh. um, 
you know, we, we've had uh, someone approach the state engineer about drilling a new well to serve a new development right in our aquifer. So mm. that sort of perked up the city interest. We, you know, defended that at a, at a hearing mm-hmm. um, or protested it rather mm-hmm. at a hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this fire has right. been a really stark reminder. We, we kind of dodged a bullet in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that is the source of that is our watershed. Right. And what happens up there it, uh, really can impact us over time. Um, so just realizing we have to be a lot more like sophisticated when it comes to uh, managing these resources. Right. Um, Mila, did you have anything to add? No, the only thing I was going to say is that I think there's also um, a little bit more of an interest in uh, the ecological components of our watershed management Mm -hmm. um, and our water resource management. Mm -hmm. Um, I think everybody's, you know, a lot of people are probably aware that, you know, for instance, Mill Creek runs dry through the city when people are irrigating. Um, You know, and the wetlands aren't as wet as they could be, for Mm -hmm. instance. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think that there's just maybe more of an awareness of Mm -hmm. those things and the fact that we could actually uh, do something about it. Yeah, I mean, the city's draft water conservation plan, if I've got all those words right (laughs) in a row, um, is available, is publicly available to look at. And there is a really interesting section about the wetlands and about Mill Creek and really detailed look into how all these um, considerations sort of play into one another. Um, The wetlands, yeah, it's a big ecological resource. And I certainly would love to better understand how it works and how it may not work with less water resources beyond just whether or not I have enough water for my shower, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and there's definitely a little bit of a concern there. It, it does mention it in the water resource management plan about the salt that's under the ground in the wetlands. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the major thing that um, that I think is of interest at the moment, other than the you know kind of broader ecological concern. And you right. know, it's basically there's a freshwater lens on top of that brackish water underneath, and mm. um, the concern is if that freshwater lens disappears, then the salt will rise to the surface. Mm-hmm. But all of that is, you know, some of the reasons that we are trying to get ahead of it and right. go through this water resource management plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are the kinds of things that are can be components of a concept like consensus yield, where these mm-hmm. kinds of community concerns are included mm-hmm. and all the water providers can, you know, work together to decide how best to allocate resources. Sure. Now, we've, we've been talking about the water conservation plan is, um, you know, Moab City has, has leeway to create their own conservation ordinances, the plan is mandated by the state. You know, Carly, can you explain a little bit about how um, the state interacts with Moab City and all these water providers? Because all of this planning has to be done, you know, legally, mm-hmm. has to be done with transparency, and um, these water providers can't be making up rules out of nowhere without um, it being okay with the state. So mm-hmm. what is that relationship like? That's a really good question. There are basically, when it comes to water, three de- departments or divisions that play mm-hmm. a big role, the Department of Water Resources, the Department of Environmental Quality, and then the Division of Water Rights. And they all regulate different components of a water system, like um, Division of Environmental Quality or Water Quality is making sure we're um, complying with the State Drinking Water Act that, okay. that um, we're required to do. Um, Division of Water Resources is looking kind of more holistically at the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and Division of Water Rights is making sure everyone's only using the amount of water that they're allowed to use and everyone's mm-hmm. complying with that that framework. Um, and they, But they don't act necessarily as a, like, steering okay. arm. What they will 
get, you'll get mm -hmm. into trouble and then they'll fine you. It's sure. not like they come in and say, yeah. well, this is how you should be delivering your water. Mm -hmm. That's not their expertise. They're making sure you're complying with all the, the regulations and, and right. statutes. So it's very much up to the local municipality to say, well, what works mm -hmm. for us as a community? Right. Um, and so something like consensus or community yield mm -hmm. Um, a state engineer will say that's great as long as you're not taking too much from the aquifer that's when we step in when you're you're um you know start start to mine that the aquifer okay. but if you as a community you know want to impose those unbuffer um, your own buffers mm -hmm. uh, about how much you're using then um it's something that they're that they are comfortable with okay um yeah and then there are other you know not just state agencies but other um you know, laws and, and regulations that we have to comply with, very basic ones like mm -hmm. constitutional protections and um, those we have to navigate that whole, mm -hmm. whole system as well. What about in a situation, you know, if Moab City eventually gets to a point where it can ask developers to bring mm -hmm. water to the table, you know, where to, it, how does that fit within the framework of what's allowed with the state as well? Yeah, it, it, it is permitted within, yeah. within the state. Yeah. Okay. Um, as long as those developers aren't, you know, violating other people's water rights or sure, something right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is totally um, allowed within the framework. There are some cities that have no real water themselves. They didn't go up and develop it. I believe it was like Saratoga Springs. Oh, wow. It's 100% brought by development because, uh, and uh, I know our, our regional engineer, Mark Stilson lives in a town called Orangeville where there's just no water available and each homeowner has to go, go and get their own. So <laughs> Yeah, the good news is we're not like pioneers in this right. concept. It's, sure, there there have been lessons learned in other communities, so we have a lot to draw on. There are models to yeah. to go with. Well, thank you both so much for being here. We have just a few minutes left in our program. It's this week in Moab. Um, we're talking about water. You know, we've covered a lot about water in Moab City and what Moab City is doing with our water resources, what it wants to do with conservation and um, water management. Is there anything that you two wanted to mention about the, these processes that you didn't get to just yet? I think my biggest, uh, uh, like the thing that I'd like the community to know is we are like facing a water constrained future, mm -hmm. but we have time to be proactive and thoughtful about solutions. Mm -hmm. I don't foresee an emergency this year or next year or the next few years. I see it more in the 30 to 40 year range. So the good news is there's, there's not an emergency, mm -hmm. um, but we do have to get serious about how we manage these water resources. And there's a lot of opportunity to make really good choices. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I think just the same along those lines, um, I think that we should be really optimistic about our opportunities for conservation. Mm -hmm. um, There's some, you know, simple things we can do that can go such a long way. Um, and some of our neighboring cities down to the north in Arizona have had some, you know, really incredible successes even since the 90s in um, reducing per capita consumption and, and total consumption even while their populations grow. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that we have a lot of opportunity to just be more responsible and, right. um, you know, grateful for the water that we have and just to be, you know, better stewards of our resource. You know, Mila, you reminded me of a little fact that I, I pulled out of, um, I believe, the water, the draft water conservation plan um, that I didn't mention yet. But I read in that draft plan that total water used from 2005 to 2020 has decreased in Moab City, mm -hmm. and part of that, um, it sounds like it's 
because um, commercial and agricultural uses might have moved out into Spanish Valley, which is important to note. Um, but that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just a really good uh, plug for reading the numbers in the plan. I think um, as long as we all have the same information, then we can actually talk about what's really happening rather than, mm-hmm. um, you know, just sort of speculating wildly about what may or may not be the case. <laughs> right. Um, but it is true. From 2000 to 2020, um, our water use went down about 300 acre feet. Uh, total, which is a pretty significant percentage while our population went up. Um, So there's a lot of different factors that govern water use. And, you know, I think that we're all going to be moving towards understanding them better and just getting better at using it. Well, thank you both so much for being here. Um, Moab City is working on a water conservation plan. Um, They've set a goal of a 50% reduction in outdoor landscape irrigation by 2030 um, to keep the residential draw the same as it is today. Um, There's also um, a water management um, plan that's in the works with all the water providers um, in our little valley. Um, thank you, too, so much for, for being here. Any last words before we uh, put some music on to take us out? Nope. Thanks for having us. <laughs> thank you so much.